Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. Hi, I'm Rich Irani, and thank you for listening to Rich in Life. For people in the dating world, have you ever wondered what the difference is between dating apps and a matchmaker? I mean, aside from the obvious, is the quality of people different? Are they held more accountable because of a matchmaker? For some being set up through a matchmaker, it can feel desperate. Forget about what you think you know about setups and matchmaking. It's not the same as perhaps what your parents or grandparents might have experienced. Today, we're talking to Rory Sassoon of Platinum Poir and host of the podcast, Raw with Rory. Me and Rory go back a long way. I've known Rory for a long time, and we have a lot of history together, which you will actually find out in the podcast, how we know each other and how we've crossed paths many times before. She's actually a really smart girl and she lives by example. And she's going to tell us how she found her mate after the second time around. We talk about her perspective on finding a mate and whether it's for marriage or just a companionship and why being set up through a matchmaker can even be more accurate for some looking for immediate results. And we discuss the prerequisites and the decisiveness between men and women. You won't want to miss it. Today, I have the host of the podcast, Let's Get Raw with Rory, where she talks to celebrities about all things relating to love and dating. Correct? Correct. And sex too, Richie. A lot, a lot of sex. A lot of sex, I know. It, it makes me blush, and we'll get to that later because I'm not as open as you are. Uh, you're also a very high-priced matchmaker, and I'm sure a lot of people are probably relieved I ended that with matchmaker. Um, you also <laughs> co-founded the Platinum Poir. Is that how to pronounce it? Richie, what is thank it called? God you're one of the only people that know how to pronounce it. Actually, that's true. It's not Platinum Poire. It's Platinum Poir. Poir. Okay, Platinum means- Poir. Pair in French. Oh, okay. Yes, I didn't know that it was pair in French because I did look it up. It's a VIP only matchmaking service. And you also started the Pair Club. It's a dating service kind of underneath the Platinum Poire. I guess that means it's either for low lifes or mm-hmm. for matchmaking for people from the waist down. I don't know. Maybe just for a sec. You'll explain it to me. Um, but first, I want to tell you a little bit about Rory. I know Rory, me and Rory go back from the hood from a long time ago. I knew you and your family as a kid. Your mom was everyone's best customer. I don't know if you really remember. She was everyone's (laughs) best customer driving around Brooklyn in that huge black Mercedes Benz, if I remember correctly. And she was known for shopping, glamour, and her sunglasses. She had tons of sunglasses and they were all designer. Um, That was definitely her. You know, that she was, was like, I they rem- used to call her, my, my father's friends used to call her Joan for Joan Collins, because I think we were living in the era of dynasty and she thought Brooklyn was her own little dynasty. And it was, trust me, it was everywhere she went, people literally opened the door and bowed like, welcome, welcome, Jill. And your uncle was Crazy Eddie. If anybody remembers yes, that, was. prices are insane. Those commercials, Crazy Eddie, that was your uncle. And I remember him, I actually liked him very much. I used to see him on Kings Highway a lot at the time. And you know, he had those crazy commercials, um, which everybody, if, if you're old enough, would remember them. And you also worked for Chucky's on Third Avenue. That was probably one of the most 
fun I ever had with a salesperson was when you were working at Chucky's with me. You were a lot of fun and you can sell the Brooklyn Bridge to anybody. Richie, I love you. Do you remember where I came from? I started working for your brother, Chucky, at Chucky's in Brooklyn. So no offense, I love him, but I got to tell you something. When I came to Richie in the city, this was like, oh my God, this was a, it's a fresh air. Yeah, those were great times. And you were you were married to somebody else who I remember. Yes, right? I was married to my ex-husband, to Charlie, the Charlie. Tash now, at the time. I remember you said something that was very smart that I didn't get back then, but I get it now. I said, you know, Rory, oh. what, I said, do, do you want to work? Do you have to work? You said that I want to work to pay the housekeeper. You said, mm -hmm. and I didn't understand. Right. I remember you said that and I, I didn't get it, but I totally get it. You need a purpose to get up, to get dressed and go to work. Even if it's two, three days a week, four days a week, it makes you a better wife. It makes you a better parent. And it makes you, I think, less resentful when you're not doing everything at home, especially at the age that you were at, right? Yeah, I, I was Richie. I, I'm telling you, I could tell you right now, I was about 23 when I worked for you, wow. 23, 24. And I got to tell you, like, it's obviously back in those days, like my ex-husband had financial issues. It was not easy, but I'm a worker. It doesn't matter. Right now, I'm really in a marriage, a 20-year marriage. And like, thank God my husband provides me with a beautiful life. I'm very grateful for everything that I have, but I'm working again. And it's because, not because I have to, because I want to. And I think that every girl, you know, and you know this coming from, the background and the community that we come from, we weren't born and bred to, you know, pretty much make a living. As women, we had a different role. Have the kids, have the family, have the company, entertain, make the social plans, take care of everything and everyone else. But that wasn't the prerequisite of when you were finding a partner. You weren't thinking about what your wife was going to bring to the table financially. At this point, it's not even about the financial. It's about, well, I want to bring to the table a conversation. I want to bring to the table my own experiences and add value to my marriage and to my relationship and to my children to show them that it's not about the money. Put that aside for a second. It's really about yourself. When you're happy with yourself, when you're going and, and speaking to different people and having different experiences, you become more of a fulfilled person. You become really content and happy and excited. You should be excited every day to go to work. I mean, most days anyway. I right. believe it coming and, from and, you. And also, like I, I have I have kids, and especially I have one daughter, and I tell her it's it's not a question of going to college. That's not a question anymore. Like back then, I wasn't born and bred to do that. I went to FIT. I wish I would have taken it more seriously because you know it, it's a different day today. When you don't have a college degree, it's like saying you don't have a high school diploma. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like college now is a dime a dozen. Everybody goes to college. It's so overrated unless you want to be a doctor, a lawyer or something. So I have a whole different thing about college. Plus, I don't like what they're preaching on colleges, what they're teaching. It's like, you know, so that's a whole, again, that's going to even be another show after that. But yeah, so I mean, I feel like it <laughs> lost its, I feel like college has lost its value in dollars. It's not worth the money anymore mm -hmm. because every person in the walking in the street has a, has a, um, college degree. Where does it get everybody? Most people are unemployed or working at a completely different job, but that's something else. First of all, I want to ask how many kids do you have? Okay. So all together, because I don't like to use step kids. I don't love that term. I don't think it's really no. warm and loving. 
all together. So there's six kids all together and three are biological and three are obviously not biological. Okay, so interesting. And you are newly a grandmother, right? I am. I am. I am newly a grandmother at, how old am I? 47. We eking out 47, Richie. I said 48 is going to happen in a few weeks, but because of COVID, I want to do over. Yeah. I want to be 47 again. We all want to do over. I know this really sucks, right? but I got to tell you, you look damn good. Damn good. You really do. And I'm not just saying it. I mean, we work together. You, I could even honestly say you look better today even than you might have looked 20 years ago. I mean, you really look oh, great. Richie, I love you. It's the truth. Okay. So I wanted to start getting into, because the show is really about matchmaking. And I want to find out a little bit about from you, because I've had matchmakers before, one based in LA, you know, not as fancy as you, you're, you're, you're a really, you know, high tiered matchmaker. Am I, am I correct mm -hmm. about that? And um, I, re I remember I ran into you one night, I forgot, I think it was at La Belle Bouquet on right off Madison Avenue. We yes, sat together. We had a great conversation about, you know, setting people up and you were really starting to like get successful. And mm -hmm. I understand that you're responsible for 35 marriages. Is that really true? Well, well, it's, it's, I wouldn't say marriages. First of all, it's 47 now, Wow. Um, but it was 35. A lot of times, Richie, a lot of my clients are a little bit anywhere from, listen, we deal with from 30s to 60s, but a lot of couples have either been, this is their second go around or maybe their third, right? And people feel like they don't want to get married again. So if it's that they want to, you know, cohabitate, they want to just live together, whatever they want to do. What means successfully matched in my business means you're in a relationship that's exclusive for six months or more means we, we did our job as a company. So that's what it means when it says that. A lot of times people in, you know, think it's like, oh my God, you made all these marriages. Listen, if people ended up getting married, fantastic. If they didn't, then that's their choice. I'm with you on that. I'm on, I'm on the same page with you as that. I think that successful relationships, especially second, third time around, it's more about the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom was single for a long time. I would have loved for her to be just in a long-term relationship. You know, I don't think she was ever going to get married again, but mm -hmm. I think it's great what you do. And I wanted to find out a little bit more how you do it. Um, Thank first you. of all, uh, with the whole platinum bar, did I say it correctly again? We're just going to say now platinum. How does that work? Do, platinum. Platinum. Does the man pay? Does the woman pay? How do you bring them together? How do you invite them? I mean, it's very hard because we had this conversation when I saw you that night. There mm -hmm. are a lot of women and not nearly as much men. So it's very interesting because what we do is that we vet every single client. Like I said to you in the past, my business partner is an executive life coach. His name is Dr. Errol Gluck. And he, he's almost like his business is a feeder because he deals with a lot of Fortune 500 CEOs and COOs that have issues in their professional life. You know, they want to get to the next level in their career. They're also really at a crazy high level. They want to start to retire, whatever it is that he's dealing with with them. So he kind of knows that. It's almost like they're pre-vetted through him. And if they're single and they're fabulous, he will always, you know, because like I said, we're 50% partners. He'll feed those clients to this business. It's very easy. We're in, in the city. We're on Lexington on 44th Street. So we're in right. the same office space. He has his office. I have mine. And then there's a reception area. 
Okay, but so how does how does he how easier. does he vet them? This is what I'm trying to figure out because let me tell you, I know a lot of single guys, and they will say anything to get laid. They'll say anything. So, oh, I want to get married. I want to get married, but all they want to do is meet a hot girl. So how do you really well, vet them profiler. to know their size? Say so he's a what? So he's a, he's he's a personality profiler. Okay, so he's taught facial forensics for the FBI. So he completely oh. has a different skill set. I wish I was so single that's again. Where the marriage of this business works so well. You know right. what I'm saying? Here I am. People will send in a bio and a photo to us when they find out about us that they want to be set up, whether through recommendation or a lot of PR or te television, whatever. Um, we'll look at the bio and the photo. My assistant will then vet them on the phone and talk to them and kind of see what they're looking for, get the financials out of the way, making sure that this is something for them that they would like to you know, join. I have a consultation with every single client because I'm a big believer and you can't find love for someone you don't like. So I need to make sure that I have chemistry with the client, right? It's right. not like, Richie, you've sold shoes, pocketbooks, many other things in life. You know, it's one thing, and you know, you're also a great people person, but one thing I do know about you, you're very authentic and you're not a great poker face. I remember people you really liked, you know, you're always polite, but the people you really liked, you were really above and beyond gracious. And the people that you didn't, you did your job. It's very different when you're, when you're trying to, you know, plug somebody and you want them to meet somebody, but if they're an asshole, excuse my French, like not so much, like, I don't really think I want to find you love because you're not so nice. I right. have, but what defines, here's the thing, what defines an asshole? He could be the nicest guy and you may not know that maybe he's not going to be serious. Maybe he's going to Rory Sassoon because she knows the, 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 the creme of the creme of women and she's going to get me a gorgeous, successful girl who I'm really maybe not so interested in marriage. I want to just fool around. Like, how do you know if they're an asshole or not? Because you never I, really know. Because, well, you, the truth is you're right. You never really know. But a lot of times that's why like I see how, you know, the chemistry is happening and what they're doing in the consultation between me and that person. You know, I'm, I think I'm really intuitive in that way. Not perfect in saying, oh, the person's going to be this or that. But in eight years, I could tell you the complaints have been, you know, from a female to a male have been minimal about something really so crazy. I believe Thank that. goodness, we make them sign. We also make them sign an eight page contract you know, that there's a code of ethics that needs to be maintained. If, you know, things are not one time, Richie, one time there is misbehaving on any part, stalking or anything inappropriate, contracts simply state they're null and void. They're, out of the, they're not in the service anymore. And people need to have a great experience. I need to protect my reputation. It's very hard because when you are the middleman and the liaison between two people, you're not on the date. There were times where I was like, he had a great, Every time she had the worst time and you're like, what the hell happened here? You know, were these people together? Were they out together? It's so crazy. But is it usually part, the women that have I, more fun than the men? Is it usually the women that have more fun that are more connected than the men are? No, it's, it's actually interesting because it's the opposite because a woman doesn't want to be rude. So if a guy says, I want to see you again, she'll be like, that's great. Cause she doesn't want to be rude on the date. You'd be like, okay, great. No, she's not going to be like, no, you know, this really sucked. And I don't want to see you again, right? right. You just want to kind of like exit and do it in a way that's, you know, gracious and seamless.
So tell me what, so, what would suck? Tell me what are the complaints you get from a woman? I'm going to want to know from both genders, but from women, how, why would a date suck? Other than the fact that maybe he's not good looking enough, which we're going to get to later. I want to talk about the whole looks thing later, but tell me what would a girl say? What would it, why would a date suck for her? Okay, first of all, she she felt like the guy didn't reach out to confirm the date like earlier in the day in the morning. It's like, are we still on? Are we still off? Am I getting my hair done? Am I wearing like a sexy camisole underneath my blazer at work because I'm going out on a date afterward? Like, come on, guys. Like, that to me is like just so rude. Like, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I'm not going to agree with everything because right? I think that there's a lot of complaining, but that I do agree with. At the age you're working mm -hmm. with, men are supposed to know to confirm and how to dress. So, exactly. okay, I'm with you. Check on that. You know, I think that sometimes men will not ask, you know, if they're going somewhere that might be a little bit more fine dining than something that's more casual. You know, whenever a woman asks me, what should I wear on a date? What should my look be? I said, look, if he's not telling you like where you're meeting or what you're doing in advance, you know, listen, you know, if someone's telling you, yes, we're meeting at 70 on 77th and Madison between park and Madison, between Madison and fifth, you know, you're going to the Mark hotel. So, right. Put on a pair of leather plant pants. That's always a great go-to always a freaking heel. I can't deal when people do not wear heels. Women. I, I don't want to hear about I'm on back, the same page as you, a pair of heels. That's bullshit to me, Richie. Okay. I you want to feel powerful and feminine you know, in a heel. And I also so, agree with you on the pants thing too. I agree with you on yeah. the leather pants. See, that was one of my big things is girls would come to me for shoes and they'd always say, well, what should I wear? He didn't tell me where we're going. And I right. would always say, don't wear a skirt, especially back in the day, it was mini skirts were in, I'm like no mini skirts. You don't know where you're going, what you're doing, just pants. So I'm with you on and that. These days, and these days you might be sitting outside. So you might as well be warm. I had a girl that was going to a ball game on a first date, which meant she was going to sit on a bench and she wanted to wear short shorts because she wanted to look oh. casual. I'm like, how are your legs going to look spread out for like four hours in short shorts? I mean, I said, no, <laughs> I mean, I, it was just, it, I said, why don't you just wear a long bohemian skirt and, you know, do something on the top. Right. To me, I think if we were going to a ball game, I love like a sexy pair of ripped jeans. You know, like wear something fun and casual and cute, but you can sex it up. Right. It's all about sex. Sexy, right. sexy, sexy, right? Right. Okay. So now the other thing was that the men don't really tell them where they're going. They don't know how to dress. What does a man complain about? Is so it she didn't put out? About... I paid you a lot of money, Rory, and she didn't put out. <laughs> so we haven't heard that one. Yet I know. The Syrian community. Okay, this is, you know, New York City society <laughs> over here. Right. They're putting out, believe me. Yeah, they're okay. saying it to their friends, so, Rory. They're not saying it to you. Trust me, they'd never say it to your face, but I bet they're talking to their friends about that. Oh, excuse me, by the way, you want to hear this story? You want to talk about putting out? Let me just let me just give this to you, and it's hilarious. I would love so it. So I set up this very nice couple, and I, and, she, and I had said to the woman, I said, so, oh my God, I was so excited for this date for you because I felt like it was really going to be Richie hit the ball out of the park kind of match, like really going to be awesome. Okay. What happens? I said to her, so-and-so, I don't want to say her name because she's probably going to be listening to us. And I said to her, how was the date? She goes, you mean, how was the weekend? I go, fuck, no, wow. what happened? She goes, he ended up staying by me for the weekend and he's actually coming back this weekend. I was like, okay, Rory, good job. You know, so- a lot of times, you know, guys will say either this is the best one ever. So
So one guy goes on a date and he was like, Lori, you know, on paper, she was awesome. You know, um, you know, the chemistry was, it was good, you know? And he's like, but I don't know, the conversation was great. So he's like, I just, I just didn't know what it was. I go, okay. I was like, you just didn't want to rip her clothes off. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. I just didn't want to rip her clothes off. I'm like, but guys are, guys are easy. For me, my personality, I'm a guy's girl. So for me, I really can understand them really well. And there's a lot of times it's really with the guy, there's no BS. It's just straightforward. I don't, I want, I didn't want to rip her clothes off. Yeah, she's good, but she's not like smoking hot. Like I was in the mood to just, like I said, um, and like, I really want a girl that's like that. You know, they'll say that to me. Sometimes you get the occasional nitpicker. Oh, she kept me waiting a little bit longer or, you know, she didn't really answer me. Or if I had a great time, I texted tell her to, to grow say, a pair of balls. When anyone says that, just say grow a pair of balls, really. I mean, a woman could hit a man over the head with a frying pan and he'll still have sex with her and take her out if he's attracted. So that's absurd. But I, I totally get why you are such a great matchmaker. You understand men. You don't judge them or look down on them if they don't want to rip a girl's clothes off because, you know, other people would be like, oh, well, that's not politically correct. But that's human nature. That's human nature. People want right. to be attracted. But for now, which sure. leads me to my next thing. You know, people used to look for a nice guy. They wanted a nice guy who was maybe ambitious and cute, you know? Now things have changed so much, Rory, you know, maybe from the same religion, but you know, they wanted someone nice and somebody who was cute. And I hope, you know, I want somebody with ambition. So maybe, you know, we'll have a future. Now it just seems like I want a gorgeous guy, rich, popular. I, I want to travel. He has to like dogs, spiders, skipping, climbing, sailing, hiking. <laughs> and in addition, and in addition now, they have to have the same political views as me. Not to mention, again, going back, yes. to, they have to not only have the same religion, but now the scale of observance of religion now is an issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. how much do you observe? Oh, yeah. Do you go to church every Sunday? Do you go to synagogue every Friday? It's like, I mean, how much harder is this going to get when the world is supposed to be it's, coming so much easier? It's, it's honestly so much harder. Fortunately, whatever, for me, it's, I don't really deal with the religion part of it all. It's more the political part of it all. So I've had people tell me in their deal breakers that if a person was either a Trump supporter, deal breaker, they didn't want to even meet the person. Mm -hmm. I mean, who is more that's, annoying? That's how crazy. Okay, so who is more annoying, the Trump supporter or the Trump hater? Who is the more the annoying? Trump hater. Trump, ha Trump hater. I think sure. that when you hate that much, you cannot be a happy person. If you can hate that no, much, you cannot be a right. happy person. I told this Agreed. to somebody else on a podcast. I had a woman tell me she didn't, she wouldn't sleep with her husband because he voted for um, Donald Trump. And I just, an older woman. And all I kept thinking is if you're as indecisive with him as you are in my store, trust me, you're doing him a favor. But I mean, how- you're really? Yeah, like, I mean, how crazy is that talking about her husband of what, 30 years? You know, it's so funny you say that about being indecisive. I, I have to pick on this for a second because my husband always compliments me whenever we go to a store. He's like, I love the fact, honey, that you're so decisive. I'm in, I'm out, Richie. I know what I like. And that's how I am in life. I know that I about really you. Know yes. I know what I want. Right. Uh -huh. I know that. And people, a lot of women have that issue. It's like they can't make up their mind. Like that's why I, to me, that is really, it's a turnoff because 
when you know somebody knows what they want, they're a go-getter, it, it just kind of shows you how they are in life. Right. And to me, when someone's decisive, it means it's sexy. It's like they know what they want, and they're going to go get it. Do you find that women are more indecisive when it comes to dating men? I think that to, in today's dating climate, because of this whole pandemic, I think that women are actually a little bit more open because it depends on the personality, but I've seen this more. They're like, you know what? Maybe people that I've passed up, maybe that was a mistake. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I should have given that person that chance. Right now, people don't want to be alone, Richie. Being alone is like a death sentence for them. You know, we had to quarantine. We had to be alone. We're lucky we were, we were quarantining with our families. What about people who don't have that opportunity? Right. Um, no, I totally understand. I, I do find that women, even though everything supposedly got easier, we have, um, you know, dating uh, over the internet, we have eHarmony, we have all these things, we have matchmakers. It, it seems so much harder still for people to get coupled off and to be mated, which is why I think it's great what you're doing, because I think that you're really listening to people. And I know that, you know, your dating site is an expensive one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But people mm -hmm. are getting results and they're, and if you can afford it, you're really honing in on what you want. Because when people do go to um, um, other dating sites on the internet, it's kind of like a vicious circle. You're just going around. Right. No, you had asked a question before actually that I really want to make a point to say, we kind of got a little sidetracked before, but you asked me if, if men and women, if they both pay or one pays, you know what, Richie, this is New York City. Women want equal rights, right? You hear a lot about that today. They're Girl, I'm with you on that. I'm not arguing. And yes. right. And they're making same salary as men, some more even, right? Depending on what industry and what they're doing and how educated they are. It depends. So they both and pay. I they both pay. They both pay because they both should have skin in the game. I agree. Okay. So right. So a woman, but to be perfectly frank with you, a woman does not pay as much as a man because a man has the opportunity to ask a woman out on a date. So let's say Richie, a man who's my client gets, if he wanted four dates in a month, he gets that. If a woman wants four dates in a month, she has to be asked. So she might only get two dates in a month. So why should I charge her the same? Absolutely. It totally makes sense. I agree with you. And I also agree with you that they should have skin in the game. Otherwise they're gonna complain about everybody and he wasn't good and that's not good. And, you know, this is where the problem is today is I find that, and I'm the biggest complainer, like my only prerequisite, if I was single and I needed to be set up, uh, my only pre prerequisite would be that I would need somebody that likes to be told what to do and likes to hear complaining nonstop, because that's all I do is I complain <laughs> and I like to boss everybody around. So that's, but I mean, in reality, I find that, you know, I mean, it's partially my shtick, partially not, but I find that. A lot of people, mainly women, because that's who I've dealt with, they seem to have problems. They, they all want to get married so bad, but there always seems to be something blocking. There's always something wrong. He's too short. He's balding. You know, there's just the, the list could be endless. And what do you tell girls when you hear stuff like that? I mean, because I know you were never that type. You were smart. You went for character. You went for somebody that you can build a life with, with your second husband. Am I correct? Right. Right. Correct. Meaning it took me, it's this, I had a starter husband for all of you people listening to us. Okay. So I made those mistakes and I, and I also, you know, my ex-husband's a great person. You know, we have a very amicable relationship. Um, you know, he's a great father. So I'm very lucky about that. 
Um, and I, and I, we both kind of made a pact that we were going to do everything in our power because we did love each other and we did get married, you know, for a reason. And we do have this beautiful son together. So we were never going to make sure you were never going to make sure that my son would be in a therapist's office because of our issues. That was not going to happen. So we really, really bonded together and we were very on the same page together. And you want to know something, Richie? It was the best investment of my life, meaning of my heart, of my soul, of everything that I ever made in my life was to make sure that this child was going to be, he was going to be stable. He was going to be okay. Wasn't and, it also a good investment to be married and then leave and then find somebody else? Because it, it made, yes, it brought you to where you needed to be. So I always tell people that, you know, you should maybe find someone who is divorced. I find that divorced people are better than people that are older that was never married, that were never married. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? No, I, I agree. A hundred percent. Because people don't like to get divorced twice. Also, people already made the mistakes. Right. They know what's wrong. Right. For sure. For sure. You hit it. You hit the nail on the head. That is a hundred percent, you know, the way that I believe. I also believe that when I was 22 and getting married, I was looking for all the wrong things. I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't smart enough. Who's gorgeous? Who's handsome? Who fits into the friend? Because I remember your first husband was very good looking. Had, if I were, you know, Am I wrong? Yes. He was correct. very good looking. He was no. tall, very good looking. I don't know what right. your second, I don't know what your husband now looks like, but did he have anything to do? So it's, uh, yeah. So it's funny because if I, if I could give this to you in these terms, because I think you'll understand. So Charlie was very like Andy Garcia looking. And my current husband is very Gianni Versace looking. Okay. I got it. Right? I actually think I did. It. I met him and you're right. I think I did meet him once a long time ago. Yes, in Turnberry, when we used to like, you know, hang out on That's Passover right. back in those days. So I have a question. Were you attracted to him right off the bat? Or did you say to yourself, you know what, he's a nice guy. And, you know, let me give it a try. So it was very interesting because Charles and I, the next, first one was Charlie, second one is Charles, you know, I finally got it right. You know, we spoke on the phone, actually a couple of times, like two times before we actually went on a date because it was the end of January that we spoke on the phone with each other. And I remember he was going to Vail with his son on vacation and I was taking my little son at the time, it was like three years old to Florida. So we agreed to meet in February. And at the time I was living in New Jersey and he was living in Greenock. And Richie, from, I didn't even know what he looked like. I was set up by my gynecologist. It was completely a blind date. There was no Googling. You couldn't know. I didn't have the chutzpah, as they say, to ask what he looked like, how tall he was, none of that. You asked like, nothing, which grateful. was the best thing you did. Zero, zero. Because I said, if this man who is a successful doctor is picking me and asking me, Rory, I just, and by the way, after he first mentioned, mentioned it to me the first time, I said, you know, you know, Dr. Sandler, I'm really like in the middle of a divorce. Like now's not the best time. Richie, he didn't give up on me. Do you know, like four months later, he picked up the phone to call me. I, I figured, oh my God, do I have an irregular pap smear, delayed reaction four years later, four <laughs> months later, like what the hell, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he was like, no, he's like, I really just wanted to find out where you are in your divorce. If you'd be interested in meeting this person, I have a great feeling. And I, I was like, you know what? I actually am kind of done at this point. And that's so awesome that you're actually thinking of me four months later. And obviously this 
person sounds really fascinating. I should meet this person. Bridget, conversation, two and a half hours on the phone, a lot to talk about. And you didn't have FaceTime then. There was no FaceTime. You just spoke to him. No, zero. Spoke to him on the phone, loved his voice, had a great voice. So like voice to me is very important. Right. Okay. Question, was he married before? Yes, was married before. We're actually 20, 21 years apart. Okay. So he was married before, three kids, a marriage of 17 years. He's Sephardic Jewish, like myself. Um, he was, but he also was born and bred in Tokyo, Japan. So it was a very fascinating, interesting, yeah, you know, mix. Very, very right? fascinating and uh, very interesting and not the run of the mill, what you were used to. Did he have anything to do right. with Sassoon jeans that were plastered all over the buses? No. no, it wasn't him. Okay. Because it's no. the same last name, but that no, wasn't him. It wasn't him. But so you were attracted no. to his so, voice. You had no idea what it looked like. His voice. Zero, nothing, nothing. And I really loved the way like our humor kind of matched. Like we both like, I'm a very open person. I, I, I have nothing to hide. I love to talk to somebody. If I feel like the chemistry is there, we're going to go for it. We're going to go. I, I, that's just my personality. Like I don't have a hard time being vulnerable to someone. If someone makes me feel comfortable, I'm yours. I'm good. Let's see where it goes. And honestly, Richie, I was going out in my mind. We met at the bar at the Pierre Hotel. And I was like, okay, it's a blind date. How the fuck do I know who this person is? How do I know who they look like? Sorry, I cursed. I don't know if that's allowed. Um, we fucking so cursed, anyway, no <laughs> So um, this guy is very well-dressed, very dapper, navy, I'll never forget, I know exactly what he's wearing, navy striped shirt, navy um, sports jacket, a great pair of like, it looked like gray flannel pants because it was February. And like a stunning like overcoat, and he actually had like a pocket square in in a jacket. I was like, I love this. Is like I'm. This is. He was, this he is was him. your this type. He was your type. Sophisticated. Very you were always sophisticated. Super sophisticated. Yeah, super sophisticated. So now I want and, I want listeners to know. So you dated a guy 21 years older than you. So when you have girls, yes, do they yes. say I don't want anyone um, more than five or 10 years older? And men, I'm oh, sure. Oh yes, everybody. Get, every everybody gives their checklist. Aren't you exhausted from their checklist? Don't you just want to say enough, just go out, do as I say. Of course. And do as I do. Do as I do, right. That's what I did. Yes, do as I I do. I went on a blind date. You know, long story short, we went to Il Cantonori on our first date. We literally, Richie, we closed the restaurant. We spoke for four hours. And like, of course, you know, the third date, whatever just naturally happened, we made out. It was great. It was amazing. And I was like, I just want this person to always touch me. Like I am loving this physical connection that we're having. And I know my personality. I'm a very warm person. My love language is physical touch. Like if you ever want to read the five love languages by Gary Chapman, you need to do that because you really can help understand yourself and understand the person that's your partner. What's the name of the book? Or what you're like looking for. It's called the the, the five love languages by Gary Chapman. Yeah. And it's interesting for you and your husband to read that because it kind of helps you identify your love language and if yours matches or like your priority list, you know? So so it's um, funny. You remember you know, your I, first I date. Like, you remember you were yes. in El Contenori. It's amazing. 20 years ago. It's 20 years ago, correct? C- correct. 20 years okay. ago. We were married 20 years, June 18th. And we met JFK Jr. on my first date. Wow. Only person I ever had a major celebrity crush on. And I actually told that to Charles because he had asked me that question about seven minutes before. And when he tapped me on the shoulder and said, um, uh, 
look who I ordered up for you. And I turn around and I'm like, no freaking way. He was at the time. He was there. He was Did there you tap him wife, on the shoulder Carolyn back? Bissette. Yeah. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe it. But I have to tell you, Richie, after the three minutes of, oh my God, oh my God, I, I turned my attention back to my date and I forgot JFK was ever there because Charles was obviously a lot more charming. That is so sweet. I wish you would have turned around and tapped JFK on the shoulders and say, hey, by the way, you're going to die in a plane crash when you're driving. See ya. And then turn back around. I mean, not that you would have ever known that, but could you believe it? That's really what happened. But um, yeah, it's, no, crazy. it's crazy. So I want to know with you and your husband, who is kind of, do you, do you compromise on a lot? Who has the final say? How do you compromise? Or you don't? It seems so like I'll you, tell you. We don't. you may have the final say, I think. No, nope. So I would always say in a relationship, you don't want to compromise, Richie. You want to synchronize, right? I like that. I want to write want to that. Be don't able compromise, to really, synchronize. We, yeah, right. Because but Rory, what's wrong with me? I, I don't want to synchronize. I just want to get my way. Can, can you get Brad over here right now? Because yes, Brad, come. Gonna need to Why is it I only want to get my way? This is my problem. Can you help me? I'm so controlling. I don't want to synchronize. I don't want to compromise. I don't want to schmolinize. I don't want to molinize. I just want to get my way. Okay, well, you're being a big freaking baby right now. I know, I know. I hate myself. Wait, do you think that I approve of me? I disapprove of me. I can't stand myself. I look in the mirror in the morning and I literally say, ugh, you again. And I just walk well, away. Because well, obviously I, you're doing something right because he's laughing at this. Okay, He's always laughing. So he's, he's such like, a good boy. Because he loves you for who you are and he loves you for who you're not. You know what? That's great. That's I love him for who he is successful when he is doing what I want him to do. Okay, You well, know I'm kidding. You know what I signed <laughs> you, up. No, but he's also the best father. He really is. He's a great dad. He's so patient with the kids. Something that I don't have. But, um, right, exactly. But we all know our strengths and weaknesses. So in other words, there are a lot of things when it comes to finances, when it comes to certain things about the safety of the family. Like I know I let Charles do him. Like he needs to do him and I respect him. So the number one thing we all need in a relationship with our significant other is respect. If we have, if we do not have respect, Richie, we have nothing. I agree. I think that's beautifully put. I want to ask you one or two more things, and, and then I'm going to let you go. The pair club, the the secondary dating mm -hmm. thing. How does that work? Is that a little bit more like um? You so know, it's we actually had to pivot our business, as you can imagine, during yes. the COVID times. Yes. And we wanted to still set people up. People were still dying and, and and crying in a sense for human connection because everybody was quarantined, right? We couldn't meet people. So what we did was that we said, let's get creative and let's try something. It's almost like an experiment. And for people who can't afford the service, you know, it would be, let's say $500 for six introductions on the male side and the female side. They don't have the same, you know, tender, loving care. Okay. When you're part of platinum, because that's a much more invested, a lot of consulting going on. Um, but if it's, you know, six months of six introductions, you're in and out, like it's $500. We, we vet you, of course, and we do it via FaceTime, but we make the introductions via FaceTime. If you would like to meet that person in person, of course, go right ahead and do your thing. So that's been actually interesting. But I find that the people that know me and really want to be part of my service want the platinum level service. 
Right, because th that's those are the people you know. Those are the people you know, and I think that's how you socialize. That's how you roll. You're in that tier of people that have the money, and right. you know they they don't want to be bothered with a lot. They want you to do all the vetting and set them up. So my last question is, where do you see people going as far as being mated and matched up in the next year or two after COVID? Do you think we're going to have so much more of it? It's going to be a spike, and people really maybe realizing that they really need to just make pick someone. I mean, I have a friend and I just tell him, you're in your late forties, just pick someone. It doesn't matter how many good years you have left. He's like, well, you know, I don't want to spend half my life. I go, dude, more than half your life is going because you're not going to live to 97. So just pick someone already. So, I mean, listen, with all the hopefuls of a vaccine. Okay. So right. let's be positive on that. Um, I think that, you know, I think that people will eventually you know, you listen, you're, 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 there are certain people, it depends on your personality. If you're a deep enough person to say, I don't want to be alone. Maybe there are a couple of things that I need to change about myself and what I'm looking for in a partner. Like if he's too tall or too short, I mean, come on, this is right. ridiculous that's, stuff. You know, this that's is so what I'm superficial. Trying to... you know, not your value system. Don't compromise your value system because then you're, that's a disaster waiting to happen. That's a relationship that's going to crash and burn, you know, but to, to, to realize that like, I, it's lonely out there. I don't want to be alone anymore. I really want to start my life with somebody, but there are things that I need to also do the, take the time now, Richie, to do the work on yourself and figure out what you're willing to do and how, how you're willing to do it and what's really important to you and, and be open to meeting somebody, whether it's through a matchmaker, whether it's through a friend, because to me, one thing I really am against is I think these apps are either really solely for a hookup situation. I think it's you and your luck. You could get lucky. I'm not saying that you can't, but to me, you have to know what you're really looking for. If you're on Tinder, don't tell me you're on Tinder to find the love of your life. I agree with you. No, I totally agree with you. And um, I do agree that I do feel the whole coronavirus. I think it's lit a fire under people's asses now to know that when they get the mm -hmm. opportunity to go out, you better take it a little bit more seriously because you know what it's like to be alone and you know what could happen at any given time. And I think you're right. Everyone needs to reevaluate what they want and to give people a chance. I think th those are the best things that you've said because that's what I've been saying. Just go and give people a chance. So uh, tell me about how people can find your podcast. So they can find my podcast at Apple iTunes. Stitcher, Spotify. Um, it's called Let's Get Raw with Rory. And it is, um, it's released every Thursday morning at 6am. Oh, great. Okay. I know we're supposed to go, but I have to ask you, right? you've had a lot of celebrities. What sticks in your mind? Any fun celebrity story? Like you had David Charvet on, who I thought like, is he married? I, I didn't get to listen to that episode. No, what he's actually fuck? divorced. He's divorced. I know. He's divorced from Brooke Burke. Right. Um, he was, you should definitely listen to that one. Because I'm going it, to. it's everything you wouldn't expect. You know, people think he's such a player. You know, he's such a good looking guy, actually. Like I had people call me up and DM me and, and, and reach out to me and be like, that he is so soulful. He is, what an amazing guy. Can you be that good looking and so normal? Is that possible? I'm like, I, I guess so. So I'm sure there are girls lining up for him, but it's a matter of, I guess, what he wants. Who else? Any, any, any other celebrities that come to your head that you know, is something interesting that you can share with us? So I, I'll tell you who I really enjoyed having like last week. 
Um, I enjoyed, it's really, it's gonna be a real fun, funny podcast is Brandy Glanville from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You know, I kind of got into the whole Denise Richards thing with her. Oh. It was really good. And I was, I was really, and I, and I asked her, I'm not asking you in a gossipy way. I'm asking you because I really want to know with somebody who's a relationship expert, what's your motive? Why did you have to take something that was so private and make it so public? You know, you expose a situation where, you know, this girl has a marriage, she has kids. What's the point of that? You know, because was it for the show? I mean, it was such good gossip. It was such good tea, right? And she said to me, you know, Rory, I felt used. I felt used. Like, why did this happen? Maybe it wasn't the best way. And it kind of happened a little bit organically because Kim Richards was the one who let the cat out of the bag on the show. Um, but, you know, she, she explained to me that, you know, she felt like Brandy hit it and quit it, as she said. Okay. She's like, uh, I felt, I really felt like used. <laughs> well, I never watched any of the and housewives. I never watched any yeah. of the housewives. I do know who they are. I've never watched it. I love that you followed it. And I love that you called her out on it. And that's why you're such a great host. And I can't wait to listen Thank to you. more with Raw with Rory Sassoon. Rory, thanks for being on. And I can't wait to see you in person and have a drink with you. And I know. Let's do it. Anytime, Shabbat dinner. Mikasa Sukasa. I love you. That's so sweet. Thank you, Rory. My you've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you like what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.